Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chelsea Hagen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Get me started. Praise you, Jesus. Man, it's, it's him that's good. Let's just give him some praise. It's, it's all... <laughs> I have nothing that he hasn't given me, man, nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just glorify your name, God. Just glorify your name in this house, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way in this meeting. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. God, would you bring conviction to our hearts, God? You are the truth, Lord. Let us be people of truth and of your word, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. It's so good just to linger in your presence, God. And we don't need to do that just at church. We can do that any time of the day, any time of the night, God. We can come before you and we can just love on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We love you, Jesus. We acknowledge you, God. Praise you, Papa. Hallelujah. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Thank you, Jesus. How amazing was Wednesday night? Who, Who went to Heidi Baker? Wow. I just love seeing with my own eyes what God is doing all over this whole nation of Australia. And the things that we've been praying for and crying out for, we are seeing them manifest literally before our eyes. And I'm so excited for this time that we live in, um, in regards to this nation, man. Keep praying, keep fasting, keep pushing. Keep being a witness. You know, it's um, there is a massive momentum, but we want to keep it going. We want to we want to partner with heaven and, and see what heaven's doing and see where Jesus is going and follow Him. Amen. You know, He's not there just to fit around our little life, and you know, He just makes our life wonderful. No, we're there to bow down to Him. We're there to say, God, what can I do? We're there to change our life to look more like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And when we yield ourselves, when we yield ourselves to the word of God and the way that he says to do things, I tell you, (laughs) our own ways are so futile and we try every other way apart from God's way. Man just does not wanna follow what God says and that's where all the problems are. When we just do what he says, there's no problems. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just get everyone to stand up who serves in this house, but also who served at Heidi Baker as well? I just want you to stand up. Just really want to just honor these guys. You know, let's give them a round of applause. Thank you so much for serving. Thank you so much for all that you do. Um, It doesn't go unnoticed. You know, we can't do this what we're doing without people that wholeheartedly serve. So thank you so much. Praise you, God. So I, um, I've been so rocked this week. Uh, on Thursday, I just wept like a baby for souls. It was so uncontainable and so took me by surprise. 
the heart of God for souls was almost unbearable. And he just gave me a glimpse of his own heart. And I was so overcome and so rocked. I couldn't even pray in English. I could, I could you know, where it says where we groan and we, I, I was so overcome. I couldn't, I could barely even pray in tongues. Just weeping and weeping and weeping before him. And that's his heart. His heart hasn't changed for the lost. His heart hasn't changed to reach people, those who are in need of a physician, those who are deep, dark in sin, those who are lost, those who are broken, those who are hating on Jesus. They're the ones that he came for. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for those that need a physician. They need help. Hallelujah. And so I just want to I just want to bring clarity through the word of God just so everybody knows and understands what our mandate is as a believer. You know what God has called us to do as a believer. And so I want you to get the word of God out. This is going to be a bit of um, teaching. I want you to see for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Have a have a look for yourself so you know um, the difference between being in the office of an evangelist and uh, being a witness for Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells us to be ready to preach the word in and out of season, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with patience, be watchful, and endure afflictions. So whether we're ready or not, whether it's convenient or not, whether there's a doorway or not, make one. Waiting for God to open the door. Kick the door down. Come on, man. People need to hear the gospel. They need to hear that they too can go to heaven. 2, uh, two Timothy 4.5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So what I want to do is I want to bring a clear definition of what it is to be in the office of an evangelist and what it is to be um, just an ordinary believer. You know, a lot of, um, you know, even through history, a lot of the uh, evangelism has, you know, people have thought, oh, well, that's the evangelist's job. That's the evangelist's job. And I want to show you what the evangelist's job is, according to the word, as part of the fivefold ministry. And so the fivefold is the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Hallelujah. And so this can either be a male or a female. God is no respecter of persons. God would not be stupid enough to cut out half his army. So women, rise up. You are called to preach. You are called to be, you know, all that you can be in God. God is no respecter of persons. So rise up. You know, those that say women shouldn't be in ministry are wrong. They're, they're interpreting the word of God wrong. And so be encouraged, man. You run. You run with the fire that God's given you. Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So notice that word some, not all are evangelists. The office of an evangelist is a specific grace and function 
So we can function in a gift, but the fivefold is the gift. The person is the gift to the body of Christ. So that's the difference. So they're the gift. So our job here as a fivefold minister is for the work of the ministry to perfecting and maturing you guys according to the word of God and edifying and building the body of Christ. It's the evangelist's job to stir up the whole body, all the saints, not just the evangelists, and inspire and equip and train the saints to reach the lost. So it's not John Boy's job to go out and do all the evangelism. It's us as a collective body, as being believers in Christ, it's all of our jobs. Hallelujah. So we don't want to just say, no, it's the evangelist job. Or, you know, um, Rebecca is a, is a five-fold pastor in the house. It's not her job to counsel everyone. Her job is to train and equip you to be pastoral to other people. One person can't do it all. We're all called to be pastoral, amen. We're all called to love one another, bear each other's burdens. And so when we're all doing that, when we all take that on ourselves, it lifts that burden off the evangelist so they can run and they can just train and equip, train and equip, mature, perfect the saints. Hallelujah. So none of the fivefold officers are ever meant to stand alone. God did not call us to be lone rangers in the kingdom but rather to work in conjunction with each other. You know, and I always say this, beware the man who leads you away from the mainframe of the body of Christ. This is God's choice, the way that he wants to set up church. It's his body. Beware the man who will try and lead you away from the body of Christ. Philip is a New Testament evangelist who preached the word with signs, wonders, and miracles. And he, his preaching led to a revival and fullness of joy in Samaria. Um, you can read about that in Acts 8, 5 to 8. And, you know, as a believer, we should all have a burning heart for souls. I, the closer I get to God, the more I'm so broken for the lost. And I just hear his heartbeat. I just want my kids home. I just want my kids home. I just want, would you just tell that one that I love them? Would you just tell that one, you know, that I'm there for them? You know, he wants his kids home. Yes, he loves us more than anything, but we're going to heaven. We're okay. We're okay. But there's so many that aren't. Not every one of us is called into the office of an evangelist, but we as believers have been given a dispensation of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9.16, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. So whether you preach or not, God wants you to preach. He wants us to tell people about him. Not every one of us is called to be a fivefold evangelist, but we all as believers are called to be witnesses for Christ. And it shows us in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. That word is dunamis, which means miracle working power. Who wants miracle working power? Hallelujah. And you shall be witnesses. And that word witness means martus, which actually means 
a martyr. And if you look at, you know, martyrdom, really, people die for what they love all the time. Steve Irwin died, you know, doing what he loved. Being a martyr is dying for what you love. Hallelujah. And he's called every one of us to die to self, to die, you know, to all the things in this world and to take up his cross and to be a witness. So you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Not every one of us is called to be a fivefold evangelist, but as believers, we've all been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Every single one of us, no one's exempt. We're all called to reconcile man back to God. Hallelujah. That's exciting. 2 Corinthians 5.18, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. There it is. If you don't know what you're on this planet for, there's a good start, the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So if you're like, I don't know what my calling is, reconcile man to God. Do the work of an evangelist. Even if you're not an evangelist, you're called to be a witness. You're called to be a witness for Christ. Hallelujah. And so God has really been... um, just night after night, just waking me up and just giving me such a burden for souls and such a, a burden to train and equip you guys to be going out there and witnessing to the lost as a body. That's what we need to be doing. If we want to see this revival, uh, it's going to require every single person to be doing this. You know, it's not just going to happen. It requires, God requires hands and feet and mouths to do it. And so we need to partner with heaven in this. And so I wanted to show people, I know there's, you know, people that are at different um, levels here and, and stages. And so I just want to go back to the basics. How do we lead someone? So say we're out on the street or we're in the shop. How do we lead someone to Christ? And so I just want to go through the ABCs of how, how we lead someone to Christ. And so we've got to understand first, before we're born again, We're not friends of God. We're actually enemies of God, alienated from this world. We're not not friends with God. We're working against God. So it's not yin and yang, there's a little bit of good in everyone, a little bit of bad in everyone. It doesn't work like that. We were enemies, completely separated away from God, destined for hell. That's the reality. And so every person you see that's not born again, that's that death sentence hanging over their head unless they come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness and repentance, which is a free gift. Then when they exit their body, there's nothing impure that can go to heaven. If your spirit is not regenerated with God's nature, then you won't make it to heaven. And that's the reality. That's the truth. That's the gospel. You know, and that's confronting because it, ha- it makes us have to choose. 
God, am I going to live my own way and do my own thing? Or am I going to realize, oh my goodness, I've done so much wrong, God. I need to get on my face and just repent. I'm sorry, Jesus. You know, and so everyone that we see out there, that, that is what is hanging over their heads. And we must, as a body of Christ, we must be active telling people about Jesus. You know, don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of him. Man, at the least, someone might throw a punch at you, you know, but at least we're not getting our heads cut off over in the West here. You should see some of the stories from the persecuted church, man. We've got nothing to worry about. We should be all preaching the gospel. They're preaching the gospel over there under ridiculous, extreme conditions, yet they're still opening their mouth. Yet they're still preaching, even, even though they know, oh, I'm going to die for this. But yet we're here, we've got the freedom of the gospel, we can go out any time, we can open air, we can pray for people, and we can be in this house, and we can worship God as loud as we want, gather as many people as we want. Majority of the world can't do that. We have so much freedom in this nation. We need to be out there in the field, telling people about Jesus. Hallelujah. Collectively, as a body. And so um, what I would encourage you to do, and I want, um, if you can get your Bibles and even just highlight these verses and just take this little Bible with me and, and lead people through the verses. I find it's great if you can tell people about Jesus, but if you can show them in the Word of God, just get a little Bible and just show them the Word of God. These aren't my words. These are Jesus' words. This is in the Word of God. It carries a lot of weight. So people remember. It's good to highlight them as well. You can leave it with the person. And um, it's really powerful. So how do we lead someone to Christ? So A, so they have to admit and they have to acknowledge and be sorry for their sins. And we have to turn from our sins and turn to God. But that requires being sorry, not just a quick, oh, yeah, okay, God. No, Really feeling that repentance, really feeling and knowing that, man, I've really missed it. You know, we don't want to bypass the repentance part. I remember when God touched my heart, I wept and wept and wept at the grief of knowing how much I had just hurt him. The wretchedness of my sin and you know, people need to, to feel that repentance to get born again. We can't bypass that. It's not come to Jesus and your life's going to be all perfect and wonderful and bless me and bless me and bless me. No, you'll pay a price. You'll pay a price for it. You could even lose your life for it. But God's upfront about that and he tells us straight away. He says, you'll be hated for my namesake. He's not hiding anything. Oh, I'll pull that out later when you're in the kingdom. No, he doesn't. He tells you. He gives it to you. Do you still want to follow me? It's not a light decision. We don't want people following God half in and half out, man. Do you want to give your life to Christ? You know, it's going to require forsaking things in your life. And that's why people don't want it. They get confronted with the gospel and they realize they have to change. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we can give them an opportunity to change. So if you want to highlight these verses, so Romans 3.10. 
There is none righteous, not even one. That's a stunning statement. What about all the good things we do, God? Won't get you to heaven. It's only by Jesus' blood that will get you to heaven. Romans 3.23. So this is called the Romans Road, for those of you who don't know. It's a really easy way to take people through the gospel and show them in the word of God what God says about salvation. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the good news, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his great love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. And he died for everyone. He didn't just die for some. He died for everyone. It's not his will that any should perish. He died for every person. It doesn't matter what background. It does not matter. Every person has got a chance to be reconciled to God. No one's too far beyond his reach. Romans 5.12. Whereas by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Ha <laughs> ha. But God. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. Sin will take you out. Sin is a disease. Sin is worse than cancer. It will eat your whole life away if you continue in it. The end result of sin is death, spiritual death, separated from God for all of eternity. But he gave us a way out. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And our eternal life is a free gift that was given. It was purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. It was his sacrifice on the cross that even though we were fully guilty, every single one of us that had that death sentence hanging over our head. It's like being guilty in a court of law that you know that you're guilty and they're just about to give you your sentence. And beautiful Jesus steps in. He's not guilty. I'll pay the ransom. I'll pay it in full. You go free. That's what he did. Like Barabbas. He was a known murderer. He was, he was guilty as anything. Yet they're saying, crucify Jesus who did nothing wrong. We're Barabbas. We were Barabbas. And that word Barabbas means son of Abba. He got to go completely free because Jesus stepped in and paid his price from in full. Wow. What a savior. Wow. But what do we do with that freedom? What do we do with that freedom now that we're born again? Hallelujah, I don't know about you, man, but I want to run as hard as I can for him. He paid our ransom and his blood cries out mercy over every single soul. Every single soul has an opportunity to come to the Lord. 
but how are they going to hear if they don't hear a preacher? How are they going to know how good God is if we don't tell them? Hallelujah. B, believe. So we need to admit our sin. We need to believe. It says Romans 10, 13, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one's excluded. Whosoever. It doesn't matter who. You just call out upon his name and you will be saved. That's the promise of God. C, we need to confess. You need to confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart, if your, if your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so God shows us really clearly, this is how we get saved, why we need to be saved, how, we, how, do, how do we get saved? It's all in the Word of God. And so when we lead someone to the Lord, the sinner's prayer goes something like this. So dear God, acknowledging, I know I'm a sinner. I understand that my sins deserve to be punished. Please forgive me. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God who died for me and rose three days later. I willingly choose to turn from my sin and trust you, Jesus, alone as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for washing me clean because of the blood of Jesus. Give me the grace to walk out this new decision to its entirety. Amen. And that's what you need to pray with someone out on the street. That's what, you know, you need people to confess that. That's the way the Bible says to do it. And even, you know, people can say, oh, how do I give my life to God? Leave that with them. If they're not ready in that moment, that seed will bring a harvest. It may not be when you're with them, but they'll remember those words. And maybe in their room that night, they'll just cry out to God. But if we show people how they can be saved, how much God loves them, hallelujah. And so I was, I was been really praying and just, um, just really just so moved for a burden for souls. And I love what Dan and Ben said about, you know, their 100,000 soul mandate for this year. And um, they were challenging each church to take responsibility for a certain amount of those souls. And I was just, you know, praying and, and just talking to God. And, you know, I really feel like if we aim at nothing, we're going to hit it. And I really feel like we need that vision in front of our eyes as, as the body. You know, the, it says that, you know, make it plain, put it on tablets so that people can see the vision and they can run. And I really feel like God wants us to put our hands up for a thousand of those souls. I really believe it's possible. I, I mean, 13 people got born again last night or Friday night. 13 people, more. More. I mean, come on. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who in this house believes that we can do this? Hallelujah. We can't do it on our own, but we can do it collectively and we can do it together where we would just, you know, even just want to encourage our family. Invite one person a week to church. You know, can we just say to God, God, for the rest of the year, 
I'm going to be really intentional about inviting one person that doesn't know you to church every week, whether they come or not. But I want to get in a habit of inviting other people to come and to taste and see that you're good. It's easy. We can all do that. And collectively, we can, we can begin to bring the lost in. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And so here we go. A thousand souls. And so we're going to keep a count on that. And I think it's already down to 900 and something. And already this year, probably Nevin would be the best one to ask about this. We've seen so many people born again in this house. But it's not just getting people born again. What it is about is discipleship and connecting people in. And that's all of our responsibility. That's not the pastor's job. It's not, it's not um, you know, senior leadership job to connect everyone and all that. It's our job collectively you know, even just say to God, God, I'm just going to send a text message to one person a week. Hey, how are you going? If we can all do that, we can all have that connection. We can all build that intimacy. We can all build that relationship between one another because one person can't do it. We're far too big for that now. And so if we can just take some of that responsibility and go, yes, God, um, I'm going to actively invite one person to church every week. And God, I'm going to, you know, text someone from church, see how they're doing, maybe catch up for a coffee. And if we can all do that, then, man, God is just going to be able to touch this community so quickly. You know, we're already moving into the community and, and, and there's so much more that He wants to do. There's so much more. There's so many more people in this community he, he must reach. And he's going to use us to do it. I want to see Frankston transform, man. I love Frankston. It's rough as anything. I love it. Because people know they need a savior. They've tried everything else. Praise God, we're here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good. So I encourage you, you know, people are like, what is my call? You know, what, what, is, what is my call? What am I called to do? I'll tell you. If you don't know what your call is, I'll tell you. Number one, you have a ministry of reconciliation. Number two, you've been called to be a witness. Number three, you've been called to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received now freely give. So if you don't know your mandate, just start there. Praise you, Jesus. Just start there. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And so I really um, want to do for a call for, um, first of all, for souls, but also for people that don't speak in tongues, people that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, man, to be a witness, miracle working power, to reach the uttermost parts of the earth. And so if that's you, I, I want to do an altar call first. If you don't know Jesus in this place, if you don't know him, if, if that message has confronted your life, if that message has, you know, really struck something in you where you're like, wow, you know, you, you don't know which way to go, then I just want to give you an opportunity 
Everyone just shut their eyes. Just bow their heads. This is just between you and God. If you don't know 100%, if you don't have full assurance that if you were to exit your body tonight, that you would be in heaven with the Lord, says when we're absent from our body, we're present with the Lord. If you can't 100% say that, then I want to give you an opportunity to put your hand up so you can 100% say that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. It's not by our good works that we get into heaven. It's not any amount of money. It's nothing that we can do to get a place in heaven. It's totally not by our goodness. It's by His. It's by His goodness, His blood. Praise you, Jesus. And so I want to invite our ministry team up, our um, official ministry team. If you grab your lanyards, and I want to I want to invite people up that don't know how to speak in tongues. And we're going to pray with you and we're going to believe God that you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. And I just want to give, you know, the rest of us an opportunity as well. If you want to partner with this, if you want to partner, you know, I want to, I want to man, I, my heart burns for Frankston. My heart really burns for this community. And, you know, if you want to be part of this thousand souls, then I want you also to come up to the altar just to make that commitment to God and just say, God, I'm going to invite one person a week. God, I'm going to be really intentional about reaching out of my own world, whether it's at work, school, wherever it is. But I'm going to be intentional, God, about reaching people for you, God. Then I want you to come forward as well. It's almost like an enlistment to the army. Don't come forward if you're not going to do it. You know, we, we don't want a word where we just, oh, that's a nice message and we hear it. But the Bible says that if we hear the word of God and we don't do it, we're deceiving ourselves. I don't want to be deceived. The worst thing about being deceived is you don't actually know you are. And so God wants a response. He wants an action. He wants us to partner with Him and say, yes, God, I want to be part of that, God. He wants us not to be hearers, but we must be doers. He says, those that do the work of the Father. Those that do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. We're not called to sit in church pews, man, I tell you what. He's calling every one of you to be actively engaged in your own walk with Christ. Because He's given you a mandate and He's given you a ministry already. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.